Happy New Year, everybody. It's the first day of the new league year, March 15th. That means the New York Giants are cooking with gas. What have they done? What's next? And much, much more here on today's Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast, part of the Lachlan podcast family, your team every day. Got Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Thursday as you are watching this, and it is uh, March 16th, so we are now officially one day into the new league year. So happy new year to everybody. Yeah, it's like a, a New Year's celebration, one, year, one day into the new league year. Uh, which means that trading is open. It means that, you know, free agency is officially open. Um, Roster building season is in full effect. So on today's show, which, by the way, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash lock on today to get started. We are going to talk about some roster building uh, issues. We're going to talk about um, the Giants moves. What's next for them specifically as I record this? And I'm recording this just disclaimer on Wednesday night. So these are some of the things that I think the Giants need to address um, in the coming days. We're going to talk a little bit about a trend that I think is developing with the Giants. That's going to be in segment two. And this is based on some of the personnel decisions that they've made. And then in segment three, I've got some questions that have been sitting in my inbox and I've been meaning to get to them. For whatever, well, because we've had so much content we can have to cover here on this on the program, I haven't been able to get to them. I'm getting to them tonight. So that is the agenda for today's program. Again, thank you for making us your first listen of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. We got a lot to cover. So let's do it, shall we? Okay, here we go. All right, let's talk about what's next for the Giants. We're going to start off with that. All right. So as of yesterday, March 15th, like I said, the official start of the league year began at four o'clock and the trade of Darren Waller tight end was made official. Darren Waller, by the way, was on a conference call with the Giants beat writers. So uh, I put an article up on Giants country. If you want to check that out, really impressive guy, by the way. I mean, I was really impressed with his maturity and the things that he had to say about, you know, his past. And I asked him about, you know, how he might want to improve moving forward. So really good answers from Darren Waller. So I do recommend you check that out over on Giants country. Um, Sterling Shepard officially signed and uh, the Giants, you know, mentioned that they agreed to terms with um, Bobby Okieri and uh, Nacho. So uh, that basically means they agreed to terms. That means those two guys probably haven't had their physicals yet, but probably by the time you you see this pod, um, depending on when you see this pod, that'll probably all be taken care of. So what's next for the Giants? Well, according to over the cap, the Giants are now in the red in effective cap space, 1.203 million. Right now, effective cap space, just so you know, With the start of the new league year, that means that the top 51 rule is now in effect. 
That's how teams are able to swell their rosters up to 90 men. So what that means is the Giants don't have any money to make any more moves. They do, however, um, have some things they can do. So the Giants did release receiver Kenny Galladay. Now, according to the NFL transaction report, that didn't make the, the final list. That doesn't mean that, you know, they they still got it in. Um, my guess is Galladay was a pre-June 1st cut, a standard cut. That was the direction Joe Shane was leaning in. The Giants need money. As I said, they're in the red by over a million dollars. I suspect that Kenny Galladay was a standard cut, not a post-June 1st cut where the Giants would stand to get a little bit more money. Now, what that means for the Giants potentially is that, you know, they still need to get something done with Leo, Leo Williams. They have some time to get that done. I mean, they could probably even get that done, you know, in a month or two for, so that they have the money to sign their draft class. That's what I think might happen. Um, I do know that Joe Shane has had conversations with Leo's agents. Um, basically, that's not going to be a restructure. That's going to be an extension. So Leo is going to be the next domino to fall, I think, financially. Uh, Dexter Lawrence, obviously, that's something they want to get done. They want to see if they can lower that number. That's probably going to take a little bit more time. I would think that's not as easy of a, of a uh, negotiation as it might sound. So um, I think that might take some time. But for the time being, I think the Giants' best bet is the Galladay savings, which is doesn't sound like much. Much It's $6.7 million if it's a standard transaction, which I believe it is. But it should be enough for the Giants to do a little bit more work with their, their free agents. Now, is that enough to bring back a Julian Love? Probably not. Is that enough to maybe bring back a John Feliciano or some of these other, you know, you know, a Jihad Ward, assuming that they're, you know, not looking for big bucks? Probably. But is it enough to land a receiver? Hmm. Depends on the receiver. Let's talk about that, shall we? The Giants, you know, you can make the case that the Giants still need a receiver. I mean, regardless of, you know, the, the Darren Waller acquisition, the Giants need to fill out that receiver core. Because right now, the only healthy guy they have on their contract is Isaiah Hodgins, right? Sterling Shepard resigned. He can't pass a physical right now. Wandale Robinson is under contract. I don't think he can pass a physical. They've got Colin Johnson, who is still under contract. I think he can pass a physical. I don't know that, but he's been, you know, rehabbing and, and I think he'll, he should be okay to pass a physical. Probably need a little bit more at receiver, at least one more guy. So one name that came up and I don't know if the Giants are going to be able to afford this guy, but I'm going to talk about him anyway. DJ Chark of the Lions. Now, Chark, here's the thing. He's had some injury issues. And if I'm Joe Shane, I probably stay away from guys with injury issues, especially after what the Giants just went through with Kenny Galladay. But if you want to make a case for DJ Chark, I've got some stats and numbers for you. All right. So DJ Chark in 2019 was a pro bowler. He had his lone 1,000 yard uh, receiving that year. In the last two years, his yards 
before catch per reception, 18.6 and 12.3, which are career highs. He's had uh, six drops over the last two years, five and 11 games in 2022. He cut down on um, interceptions, you know, passes thrown to him that he wasn't in the right spot. So he had just uh, two in the last two years. He's had some kickoff return experience, which is an area the Giants obviously need to upgrade in. Um, he's six foot three, so he's a big receiver, a guy who could play the X receiver. Um, he, uh, let's see. Oh, he he was in terms of big plays. He was um, he had nine big plays of twenty or more yards out of fifty-two touches, which is seventeen point three percent of his touches last year. That ranked um, sixth amongst receivers with at least 40 touches in the league last year. So not too bad there. And per next-gen stats, if you want to talk about separation and cushion and whatnot, Chark averaged 2.2 yards average separation, 55, uh, I'm sorry, 5.5 yards of cushion was given to him, and his 15.4 average air yards ranked third amongst eligible receivers with 40 or more pass targets. So some convincing numbers there, but the big thing here is the health status. He has had injury issues and, you know, we learned, if nothing else, the Giants should have learned their lesson with Kenny Galladay, who had injury issues, came over, signed that big contract couldn't stay healthy, wasn't productive. So I could see the Giants certainly looking into DJ Chark. Will they be able to land him? I don't know. I mean, they should have the money to get it done, but I I just, I think it's a long shot. I think at this point, maybe they look at the draft and get their receivers and fill out the receiver core that way. But, you know, we'll see. I, now, I know some of you are saying, well, what about Nicole Hardman? Because I, I think that was another name linked to the Giants. I think he's a smaller slot receiver. So I'm not so sure he's going to be an option there. He's probably going to want, you know, a nice little chunk of change as well. But, uh, yeah, the, this this free agent receiver group, just not a very good one. So, um, but Chark, you know, if there's one guy that I would say keep an eye on, Chark would probably be it if he is healthy. But uh, again, buyer beware, because he has had injury issues. And if you're the Giants, you don't want guys that have had injury histories, recent injury histories, because that generally doesn't work out. All right. Coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast, we're going to take a look at a trend that the Giants seem to be going back to on offense. What is it? I'll tell you right after this. Hey, Giant fans, the NBA season is in full swing, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 if their first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to the spread and more. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Hey, Giant fans, thanks for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm your host, Patricia Trena. Happy to have you with us. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episodes of the Locked On Giants podcast. And if you watch us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe. Click that bell so that you get notifications whenever I post a new video, whether it be a full podcast episode, a live show, or a short, because I'm trying to keep you guys up to date as best as I can. Those of you who listen to me on the audio platforms, thank you. Please, if you have time and are inclined to do so, would appreciate a five-star review if you think I'm worthy of it. I try. I try to earn it. So hopefully uh, you guys, you know, think that the content is worth it. So anyway, let's talk about a trend that I think the Giants are going to go back to in um, 2023 on offense. Now, I did a little research on this. And um, I, you know, a lot of people have been saying the Giants need a receiver. They got to get a receiver. They got to get an X receiver. They do. I'm not disputing that. But I was a little, I don't want to say surprised because I can't say I was surprised, but I think something that's not being talked about a lot with the Giants is that they added a second pass catching tight end in Darren Waller to go with Daniel Bellinger. And that got me thinking, hmm, are the Giants going to go back to maybe using more two tight end sets than they did, you know, towards the second half of last year? Now, let me backtrack a little bit. In the first half of last season, the Giants used a lot of two tight end sets, whether it be 12 personnel. Sometimes we saw 22 personnel. And for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, 12 personnel, the number, the the two numbers uh, represent the number of running backs and then the number of tight ends on the field. So 11 personnel would be one running back, one tight end. 12 personnel would be one running back, two tight ends. 22 personnel would be two running backs, two tight ends. So I thought to myself, okay, the Giants running game really excelled when they had 12 personnel on the field or 22 personnel on the field. Might they look to go back to that? But with getting a new pass catcher, Darren Waller, that now opens it up to where if you see two tight ends on the field for the Giants, it's not an automatic sign that they're going to run the ball. So I thought to myself, okay, maybe that's how the Giants are going to kind of maybe get around this if they can't land, you know, the X receiver of their dreams, you know, be it in free agency or in the draft. Are they going to maybe look to make up for that with the tight ends? It's possible. So let me give you some numbers. These are from um, Sports Radar, these numbers. I went and I looked up to see the yardage, net total net yards, passing net and rushing net 
for different personnel sets for the Giants last year. When the Giants were in 11 personnel, one tight end, one run, I'm sorry, one running back, one tight end, their total net yards was uh, 3,895 yards. Their total passing net yards, 2,472, and total rushing, 1,423. When they went to 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, 1,117 net yards, 522 passing net, and 595 rushing yards. When they were in either 13 personnel or 23 personnel, 13 being one tight, uh, one running back, three tight ends, and 23 being two, two, um, two running backs and three tight ends, the numbers were 237 net, 54 passing net, and 183 rushing. Now, that might not sound like ultra impressive, and you might be saying, well, they got most of their yardage using 11 personnel. Well, they also used 11 personnel a lot more down the stretch, whether that was because, you know, Daniel Bellinger, the starting tight end, missed four games because of um, the eye injury, whether that was because, you know, the receivers started to come on, on, you know, come up and start performing, whatever the case may be. But the point I'm trying to get at is I suspect the Giants want to be able to keep people guessing on offense. So if they're trotting out two tight ends, they don't want it to be a case of, oh, okay, we're going to run the ball because we've got two tight ends on the field and one's going to block and one's going to, you know, run a, a be a decoy. I don't think they want that. So by adding Waller, now they don't have that. If Waller is healthy and he is as good as, you know, he's looked in the past, you pair him up with Bellinger. And now the Giants can maybe fool a few more people. They can maybe get a little bit more creative and really take that offense and open it up to the next level. We saw last year um, passes to the tight end up the seam. They just weren't there. Waller can bring that to them. Um, You know, Bellinger is still a very good, you know, pass catcher. He's a good blocker, uh, but he he needs a cop you know just just like i talk about how on the pass rush they need a batman and a robin they kind of need that also with the tight ends too you have two good tight ends now you have flexibility and the giants really didn't have that last year so i just you know with the acquisition of waller which i'll admit i didn't see that coming i did not see that trade coming um thinking about it it does make sense and i know some people are like why didn't they get a tight end in the draft? Well, because they got other needs, obviously they got to get in the draft and Waller was available. And, and, and for what they paid, you know, what they had to compensate the Raiders for to get Waller wasn't too bad. So, you know, Waller, I think is right now, one of the more underrated acquisitions by this team, because it is going to allow the offense to open up a little bit more and allow offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka to do a lot more, I think in terms of creativity, if everybody is healthy and like I said, it's not going to help the run game because now they've got, you know, um, Bellinger who can block, you know, Waller is okay as a blocker. I think he can get in the way, but he's not really, you know, uh, you know, if you, for those, I'm going to date myself here. If you guys remember Howard Cross back in the day, I mean, you weren't getting past Howard Cross. He was just that good of a, of a blocker. Um, Waller's not like that. 
but he can get in the way, which is basically what you need from a tight end. But that being said, um, I think that's going to help the offensive line as well. You know, I know a lot of people are still concerned about um, Evan Neal and if he's going to be okay, is he going to take that leap like Andrew Thomas did in his second year? Waller and and Bellinger could help out with that. Um, The run blocking, like I said, that's going to be important, you know, with Saquon back. And, um, you know, I'm sure the Giants may look to add another young running back, even though they re-signed Matt Breida, which I was happy to see, by the way. Um, So they'll probably look to add another running back there. But I just think that, you know, the addition of Waller just kind of gives the Giants an opportunity to open things up a little bit more. Receivers are coming. I think at this point, it's probably going to be through the draft. Um, unless they can get somebody for, on the cheap in free agency. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's what we're going to see more of. I think we're going to see more of us of a balance, if you will, between two tight end sets and the, the three wide receiver sets, which, you know, the giants kind of got away from the two tight end sets in the second half of the year, I think again, because of injuries and whatnot. So that's what I think the giants are trying to do. That's the trend that I see developing now, if that we'll see if I'm correct, but something to keep an eye on as we get into the summer months, the preseason and the regular season. So uh, we'll see if the Giants agree. All right, everybody coming up next. I've got some listener questions that I'm finally getting to. I know some of you sent them in weeks ago. And I apologize if I wasn't able to get to them, but I'm getting to them now. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast segment three, where I am going to answer some listener submitted questions. Before I do, just a reminder, tonight, 730, that's right, Thursday night, if you're watching this on Wednesday, it's actually Thursday night, um, Locked On Giants live, Trina, Tana, and Dog, that's right, Doggy's going to join us on the podcast. So we're going to go live 7.30 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Hope you will tune in and join us. There's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, So it should be fun. So hopefully we see you for Locked on Giants live again. That'll be Thursday night, this Thursday night, tonight, if you're watching this on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern with yours truly, Tana and Dog. So it should be fun. All right, let's get to some of these questions um, that that I've I've actually had these in my inbox now for quite a bit, and uh, I keep forgetting to answer them, but I'm going to answer them now. So thank you all for your patience as I go through these. All right, this first question comes from Greg W, who writes, um, I know I might get killed for this, but I don't feel that wide receiver is the number one priority. I feel one of the reasons we utilize the short passing game was to hide the shortcomings of the offensive line in general and in terms of pass blocking in particular. Going forward, the hope is that Neil will improve. I know we have bodies on the roster, but adding an above player, uh, I'm sorry, an above average player at center or guard seems crucial if we want to open up the passing game. And then on the other side of the ball, we need to stop the run by adding talent to the D-line and linebacker. Okay, so which the Giants have since done since this uh, email was was sent. Um, But they have not added at wide, at uh, excuse me, offensive line. So let me address that. Greg, you need both. I mean, 
Joe Shane said to us when he spoke to us, um, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, when Daniel signed his deal, he said that there's going to be competition at left guard. There's going to be competition at center. So that to me tells me that they're going to potentially add to that position. So I agree with you. The offensive line does need to be beefed up. Um, right now, as I record this, John Feliciano is not signed. Nick Gates has left. Um, the only other center they have on the roster is uh, Ben Bredesen, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think Shane Lemieux is going to be an option there, even though I know he dabbled with center. Um, I still think the Giants are going to draft the center. Um, if they can, I'm thinking second round. I hope they draft a center. So I do agree with you that they do need offensive line help, but they also need guys that can separate and catch the ball and make plays. So, you know, you could have the best offensive line in the world, Greg, but if you don't have somebody who catches the ball and can pick up yards after the catch, then what good is it? So, you know, I, I see your point about offensive line being important, but I don't think it's as, I don't think it's more important per se than receiver. I think receiver is also still very much a need. So thanks for the question. Appreciate it. All right. um, Let's see. I've got another one. Uh, This one is from Walt, and this is also about offensive line writes. We need a center. Can we pick up a quality center in the third or fourth round? Huh, Walt, I'm going to say you could probably get a center in the third or fourth round. Will it be a, you know, a quality center versus a project? Probably not. Um, the center class is a little thin this year. I mean, the guy I would like them to get is Schmitz out of Minnesota. They may have to take him in the first round. I mean, this guy could potentially go at the bottom of the first round. Tipman from, uh, from, I think, Wisconsin is another candidate. But I'll tell you what, if they could get Schmitz, you'll see me doing backflips up and down Route 3. Seriously, I'll go outside and I can't do a backflip. I haven't been able to do a backflip for, you know, over 40 years. But uh, I may go out and do that up and down Route 3 if they get Schmitz. I mean, I would be that happy. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, third or fourth round, you'll, you'll get a prospect, but... Will he be ready to step in? Uh, I, I I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think that would be, they'd be hard pressed. So thanks for the question. Um, all right. This one is from Don who asks, even with the quarterback signing, do you think they will draft a quarterback in the later rounds? Yes. I would not be surprised if the Giants take a developmental quarterback. I've been saying that all along. I'm sticking with that. They have 10 draft picks now. I could see them picking up, you know, in the late rounds, uh, you know, late day three, I could see them getting a developmental prospect. And if not, they will certainly sign um, an undrafted free agent to compete. I definitely think that is, that is a possibility. So thanks for that question. And um, this next one, I believe came from Twitter. Yeah, this is a Twitter, um, a Twitter question came from Edwin G who asks, you can only vote one giant into the Hall of Fame, Carl Banks, Tiki Barber, or Phil Sims. Who gets your vote and why? Mm. Um, I'm going to say Carl Banks. I think Carl Banks was a very underrated um, 
linebacker when he was with the Giants. You know, I think, you know, he was he was healthy. He he made some really underrated plays. Um, no disrespect to Tiki, who I I think the world of. No disrespect to Phil Sims, who to this day is the only Giant player whose jersey I, I ever bought in my entire life. That when I was a kid. Um, I think Carl Banks, you know, uh, he just so underrated for that Giants defense, but yet so important. And, uh, you know, you talk to his teammates and they'll tell you just how good he was and how, you know, maybe he didn't get the the credit he really deserved. I mean, not that Carl is the type, I don't think, to to go out there and, you know, beat his chest and say, hey, I should be in the Hall of Fame. That's not how he's what he's like. But um but yeah, Carl Banks would be my choice out of those three. And uh, that that's, to me, that's not even close. I mean, Tiki, great runner, um, you know, held a lot of franchise records for in, in the rushing department for years. Phil Sims held all the giant re- passing records until Eli Manning came along. But uh, yeah, Carl, no, no question. So, all right. Thanks for the question. Thank you all for the questions. And thank you for tuning in to the Locked on Giants podcast. Again, don't forget, Locked on Giants live tonight, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Be there. Trina, Tana, dog, we'll see you then.